This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Do you have weak, damaged hair? New Garnier Fructis hair filler systems fill hair with strength seven layers deep. In just one use, you can reverse up to one year of damage to hair smoothness. The sulfate-free hair filler plus vitamin CG system gives you up to 79% stronger hair and up to four times less breakage. New Garnier Fructis hair filler is available now on Amazon and at Walmart, Target, Ulta, Drug, and select grocery stores. As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before. Because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind, like the new Inspire leggings by Kalia. Their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello and welcome to Tales from Titchmarsh, a wry look at life over the garden fence, with me, Alan Titchmarsh. This time, why chickens aren't always as innocent as they seem. My dreams of becoming Lord Emsworth, from P.G. Woodhouse's Blanding's Castle novels, have been on hold for some time now. Lord Emsworth, you may recall, had a voluptuous sow by the name of Empress of Blanding's, who'd won the silver medal in the Fat Pigs class at the Shropshire Agricultural Show, three years running. His lordship enjoyed nothing more than leaning over the railing of the Empress's sty and offering her a tasty boiled potato, sighing contentedly as the porcine Amazon put it away as part of the 5,700 calories she needed to consume every day in order to maintain her impressive physique. But my livestock ambitions are confined, as yet, to chickens, which I've kept for 30 years or more. They're not the same chickens I began with back in the 1980s, but one or two of them, diminutive lavender pekins with feathered feet, have been around for a good eight years at least. They don't lay any more, but I don't have the heart to dispatch them. Like Lord Emsworth, I'm a bit soft about my livestock, I do not, as he did, spend every waking hour reading Whiffle on the care of the pig or even Waffle on the care of the chicken, but the other hens give me delicious orange-yoked eggs for my weekend breakfasts. 
even if their characters make them less endearing than the contented sow. Chickens are, almost without exception, nasty pieces of work. Life has taught them that unless they arrive at the feeder first, their companions will have polished off breakfast, lunch and dinner. As a result, the pecking order comes into play, and this one will see off that one with a flutter of wings and a warning squawk. I've tried to love my chickens over the years, but they're not endearing characters, and so my appreciation is for their produce rather than their company. Every now and then, magazines contain delightful images of picturesque poultry roaming a garden, their plumage beautifully set off by a border full of flowers through which they roam under the premise of helping with pest control, eating slugs and grubs that would otherwise eat our plants. Do not be fooled. Let chickens roam at will in your garden, and you risk having no garden at all, for they'll scratch up small plants, leave soil scattered over paths and lawns, and generally wreak havoc unless you have stately acres to absorb their foraging. However, I've become used to their ways and we keep them corralled in a small area dotted with plum trees. To call it an orchard is akin to calling a window box a family estate. I manage to keep the grass growing by dividing the plot in half and having a chicken-proof gate between the two sections so that one can recover while the other is being foraged. They also have access to the compost heaps. They live a charmed life. Between January and October, five chickens produce as many eggs as we and our children can eat. But over the last year or two, we've encountered a problem. The duck house on our pond is hugely successful at rearing mallards, and in particular, moorhens. Now, moorhens are nervous birds and run a mile if you approach, but they've discovered the chicken feeders and within half an hour of my filling up the small containers with the corn and sunflower seeds and kibbled maize, they'll have emptied them. I feed my garden birds every day, but the moorhens are taking liberties by robbing my poultry of their breakfast. I resolved to take steps to prevent their predations. On the internet, I discovered a clever piece of kit that would allow the chickens access to the contents of a stainless steel trough when they stood on a step at the front. Their weight would cause the lid to lift and they'd be able to tuck in, the lid closing again when they stepped away. Gleefully, I rigged up the feeder and filled it with corn. But the chickens steadfastly refused to take any interest. The moorhens, however have mastered the art and clear it daily. There's no justice. I really must get a pig.